Women in White Coats is here to uplift women doctors just like you. Empowering you in your personal and professional life. I'm Dr. Amber Robbins. And I'm Dr. Archana Shrestha. We are doctors, best-selling authors, and the co-founders of Women in White Coats. Now, are you ready for a culture shift where women empower women? Join us to get a glimpse of what life is like as a woman doc. And guess what? You'll discover that you're not alone. We're here to give you positivity and keys to balancing your life. This is the Women in White Coats podcast. Hello, my fellow Women in White Coats. This is your sister doc, Archana Shrestha here. I am the co-founder and chief wellness officer of Women in White Coats, and I'm also a certified physician life coach. Today, let's talk about sex, baby. I'm here with my guest, Dr. Shannon Widlansky, and she is a retired OBGYN, gender expert, and master certified life coach. Her business, Having the Talks, helps parents feel more confident talking to their adolescent children about sex. Welcome to the show, Shannon. Hi. And just to clarify, I actually encourage people to talk to their kids at all ages from diapers on up. So I don't think this is a topic just for teens. I think there's a scaffolding effect. And I think we can teach kids from the time, like I said, they're in diapers. Awesome. All right. Let's dive into that. Um, So many of our sister docs who are listening are mothers. So today we want to discuss how to talk to your children about sex and also how to encourage our adult patients, many of whom are parents too, to have these conversations with their, with their children. So I'd love to start, first of all, Shannon, with what got you interested in this topic? You know, it's interesting because I've been a, like a peer educator since college. So I've been doing some form of sex ed for (laughs) 30 years now. And I think it's because I didn't have much education myself. I think it's really my sister's influence. I had an older sister who listened to Dr. Ruth at night. Um, She was four years older and I think she learned a ton and then passed a lot of that knowledge on to me, normalizing sex, normalizing desire, normalizing a lot of things and and teaching me the things I did not know. And so I think that really inspired me to see like how much healthier it is to have that knowledge of your body, to have that connection to yourself and knowing what you want from others. And I think that's what inspired me. I just saw a real like lack of education. In fact, my first goal was to work with schools and I do do that. I help them make their human growth and development curriculum. That's what they call it now instead of sex ed from my day, human growth and development curriculum, more inclusive and medically accurate. So I think it's all not, I think I know it's always been a passion of mine to do this, but as I got into life coaching, I realized like there was a bigger component, like there are amazing books, there's amazing resources, but if you don't deal with like, what's stopping you from having the talks, all those books aren't going to help you because you just won't start talking. That's where I put them together. Awesome. Yeah. It's always great to kind of hear like what drew you into this topic in the first place. And I love how you call your business having the talks, right? So it's not just one talk because we often think about like the talk, right? Right. Tell us more about why you called it that. Yes. I, I think it's to drive that point home because 
at least at the time I was growing up, it was the talk, right? And then like you said, but it's like a fire hydrant of information. And we even know in medicine, right? You give somebody an information that they're not expecting, they need time to process it. They're probably not gonna hear anything past that. And that's the same thing. We think like, okay, we checked the box. We told them all about puberty and conception and we're good, we're done. But if the real desired result is for your kids to learn and understand and know, then we got to break it down into smaller segments. And that's what I mean, like even starting younger than we think, just to start having little conversations. It may not be full on puberty, but like just little things to start talking about differences and your own body and body image. Yeah, I remember. So I'm a mom myself and I have two kids. One's a boy, one's a girl. And, you know, when they're little, like they would be like, let's take a bath together. You know, they're like five, you know, six years old. Those preschool ages. And they like thought it was fun to play in the bathtub together. And then at some point they started to realize (laughs) their body parts are different. And so, I mean, I think like that was when I started being like, you know, my daughter would be like, why does his... um, penis look like that or why does his privates look like that you know and then right. mine looked like this and and it was just like simple conversations of like hey you know everybody's body parts are different <laughs> or like you know and I I, I I actually kind of think maybe I just very simply said it that way instead of I don't know how would you have handled that conversation because I think like that's kind of where conversations can begin right Absolutely. And I think that's beautiful. I I always think a simple answer is the best and then let them ask more questions. I also love, I'm very big into inclusivity. So I do not use language such like boys have these parts and girls have these parts because it's not just the transgender community that shuts down, but the intersex community, there's congenital anomalies. So I really don't like to apply gender and So that was the beauty of your answer there. All bodies have different parts and those are his parts. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk more about like, what are some of your top tips for making it easier for whether you're a parent listening, you want to like start having these talks with your kids, or maybe the kids are asking and you're not sure how to approach it, or maybe you have patients who want to have these conversations with their children. So what are some of your top tips for making it like a smoother transition or easier? Yeah. The first thing I think is to like normalize the discomfort. So like, I think that's the biggest thing that stops people from talking. So you have to understand like why it's there and that nothing's going wrong. So sometimes you think like, oh, the number one reason I hear for people being uncomfortable is I'm worried I'm going to get it wrong. Now, what getting it wrong means is different for each person. Some people think wrong information. Some people think I'm going to teach it in a way that's going to create shame or whatever their past experience is. What is that thing that's making you uncomfortable? I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense if you think you're going to get it wrong, that you're going to feel uncomfortable. But like, what is wrong? And that brings to the next point too, which is why do you want to teach it? you can normalize that discomfort. Like, of course I feel uncomfortable if I'm thinking, I don't know what I'm doing or I don't know how to do this. And I'm going to do it anyway, because I want my kids to learn accurate information. That's probably the number one answer I hear. Like I want, I don't want them to learn from the internet. I don't want to learn it from their peers. I want them to know accurate information, or I want them to be able to come to me with questions. And so that's the thing. We wait till our kids come to us. Some will come to us and ask questions. It depends on that relationship. 
However, if we start the conversation in some way, shape or form in little bits and pieces in those talks, and they truly can be like five minutes, it doesn't have to be a long talk, start having these conversations, then we're giving the message to our kids that I can, you can come to me, I can talk about this. When we don't say anything and we wait for them to ask a question, it can give the message of, I don't really like talking about this. This is not something we discuss out loud. So that's the thing, like normal, understand your discomfort, understand like nothing's going wrong. It makes sense. And why do you want to do it anyway? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there can be definitely a lot of discomfort around it. Cause I remember my son coming home cause he had the talk at school, which what was it that they call it now? <laughs> human growth, human growth and development. <laughs> Yeah. And, and he was just like, mom, it was so awkward. And they were talking about this stuff. And, but then I realized, because then I, I wanted to have like a follow, I knew that talk was happening at school and I wanted to have like a follow-up just conversation be like, okay, well, what questions do you have for me? You know, you know, I'm a doctor, you can ask me anything. I'm going to tell you the truth, you know, like the, the real truth, the medical facts, not to say that obviously what the teacher was explaining was perfectly fine too. But then it came out that he was like, oh, on the bus, kids said this, and it's not like that. And I was like, yeah, it's not like that. <laughs> what you heard on the bus, you know, if we do wait for them to come tell us, sometimes they are getting like definitely wrong information from their peers. Right. Right. And then it's like, why are you talking now? Like some, depending on the age of the kids, some of them might not think of it, but especially like if your child's going on the first date and now you want to have a conversation about sex there may seem to be an agenda. It may not be as clear and you probably do have an agenda and that's okay. But if you've invested in that conversation earlier, then it's for the pure sake of education, because I often say, and this is something, you know, I came up with, like, I think there's a, a triad of health. There's physical health, which we're willing to teach about move your body, you know, don't be sedentary. There is, um, and what we eat, there's mental health, which we're starting to work on, you know, how do you deal with stress? How do you deal with feelings, understanding feelings and there's sexual health. And so a lot of times when we think sexual health, we think we're talking about prevention and disease, but there's so much more components to sexual health. There's actually like five circles, you know, there's sensualization, how you experience the world and all your senses, but also your own body image. There's intimacy, which has to do with talking about caring and sharing and trust. These are conversations to have with younger kids where you can say like, how do you know who to share your secrets with? Which friends, how do you know who to choose? What happens if they don't, you know, what do you like having these conversations? So that's like intimacy. There's identity, gender identity, sexual orientation, gender roles is in this category. And then there's sexualization, which is about consent and how does the media portray individuals. So there's all these like areas of sexual health, which bottom line of it, it's about how we relate to ourselves and how we relate to the world. And so I think it's a really important component way beyond sex and puberty. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the conversations you can start having like with your kids or, you know, these talks at maybe, you know, in their younger years. And then even as they become adolescents, like how, how would you like even approach it? I guess maybe something people don't even, sometimes people don't even know, like, how do I even just like, open this conversation? Absolutely. Questions are my favorite way, but let me back up a second. Cause I did say diapers and obviously that may not work with questions. I say diapers because 
that's usually the age in which kids explore, right? Diaper changing, hands go down, you know, to the genital region. And what's your response? Because that response teaches something. So sometimes you're like, now, if there's poop there, it's very understandable. Like, no, don't do that. Right. (laughs) But it also, sometimes people get really concerned, even not in diaper changing when kids explore their bodies to be like, oh, you know, don't do that. Because they're thinking like, we're in public. I don't want you to learn to do this. But the kid doesn't know that. They just associate, I just did something that felt good and I got in trouble. So I used to tell my kids when they were young, you know, that kind of toddler age exploring bodies, like it's totally normal to touch yourself. And that's something that we do when we're by ourselves, you know, so you can go to your room if you need a few minutes. Otherwise, since we're together, you know, this is not the time to do it. And sometimes they would go like, give me a minute and they go in their room. (laughs) And other times they just stick their hands out of their pants. So, but that's what I mean. Like, so right there is like a lesson to be learned. But as we get into older, I love questions. I love to hear what they think. So it might sound something like, Hey, did you ever notice that? Like I use deodorant and you don't, why do you think that is? Why do you think people use deodorant? Just it helps to start the conversation to see what they already know. So you know where you're, what you're working from. It also engages them and says like, I want to hear what you have to think, say. And I use this like all the time with my kids, even like, you know, we just had elections recently. And I would say like, you know, what do you think about this? You know, what, what are your thoughts? What's important to you? But it's the same idea. So, you know, you can even like when we watch TV shows, Like, what do you think about, like, he just touched her and, and she didn't like it. What do you think about that? So it's getting into consent. Well, he, he didn't ask first, or, you know, maybe he should have done these other things. Hi, sister doc. Want to start to transform your life immediately and also feel more valued? Well, we've created a daily gratitude journal specifically for women doctors to help you do just that. Our Burn Bright Journal will not only shift you into an attitude of gratitude, but will also help you recognize the impact you are making in this world each and every day. It'll even help you have more compassion and grace for yourself. If you're ready to turn burning out into burning bright, head on over to womeninwhitecoats.com forward slash shop to purchase your Burn Bright Journal today. Yes, they also make great gifts. The other thing that we know is parents have the greatest effect on kids' values and behaviors and decision-making when it comes to sex. So saying nothing is still teaching a value. So wouldn't you want to like teach with intention? And so there's all these opportunities to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think also, you know, you raised the idea of values, like teaching your kids values. Cause I think many, I mean, pretty much everyone's got some values <laughs> surrounding yes. intimacy regarding relationships, maybe regarding like when's an appropriate time to get pregnant <laughs> and all of those things. So how do you really like kind of just bring in those values? Is it, I guess, without seeming like I mean, I don't know. I guess sometimes maybe as a parent, you worry like, well, you want them to lead a certain life. You do have an agenda, (laughs) but I feel like as parents, 
we have the right to have an agenda, at least up until a certain age, right? Until they're adults. And I guess at once they're 18, they really have the choice to make their own decisions. But, you know, how do you kind of handle those things? I feel like that's where it can get a little tricky. Yeah, I think there's a difference between teaching values and being non-judgmental. Sometimes we think like the two, like if I teach values and I'm being judgmental and it doesn't have to be that way. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. So for me, it's like, that's why I like to start with a question to say what they're thinking. You know, if I, so a question might be like, you know, there's some people that believe that you shouldn't have sex until you're married. What do you think about that idea? And, you know, they can share their thoughts and, and what it means to be not judgmental is like, yeah, they're allowed to have their thoughts. I don't have to make them wrong for it. And I can present mine. So they present their thoughts, whatever they may be. And I can say, yeah, I totally hear what you're saying that maybe it's unrealistic. And I know for me, it is such, can be such a beautifully intimate thing that I would hope that you'd be with somebody that you really had trust, that you had a certain um, connection to over time. That's my value of like, no, maybe not one night stands, but that's what I mean. Like, okay, I hear what you're saying. And if I don't understand, I'm not going to say like, I understand that point of view. I'm not going to say, I'll just say, it just might be like, I hear what you're saying. If there is a part, like I, I can understand if you think that way, you might make that decision. And here's what I think. Mm-hmm. Because I do think it gives them thinking. And the more, that's the other thing I like about questions. The more we can get them the thinking, the more they're going to remember, the more they're going to be open to considering our side or our values of things. Mm-hmm. All right. And so what other tips do you have for us about sharing, um, you know, maybe from the perspective of patients, helping patients get these conversations rolling as well? I think that message to patients of, like they are going to be the greatest influence on their kids. And so again, saying nothing is teaching something. I think that really strikes people because I think this is something, you know, talking to clients that it's so easy to say, there's so many other things to do. I figured it out. They'll figure it out. School will teach it. And, and going back to the school thing, I haven't looked at the statistic for a long time, but there was a period of time where it was like, I don't know, like 50% of people doing the sex ed classes had any sort of training at all. I mean, and and like I say, I look at human growth and development curriculum and the things in them, sometimes you would be shocked. You'd be like, who, who put this in here? Like, it's not medically accurate, much less inclusive. So I think, you know, just kind of letting patients know, like, it's okay to be uncomfortable. And if you want a chance to like teach your children, now what they learn is up to them, but teach your children what's important to you and be able to give them the information you think is important for them to live a full life. Like this is a part of their health. This is how they're going to relate to themselves. This is going to how they relate to other people. I think that will speak to them and get the wheels turning. And then the next step is, you know, how do I do this? Well, you can use books, you can use TV shows, you can, and I don't mean TV shows to teach, but to start a conversation. There's so many, there are programs, there's so many options out there now, but it's just, I always say five minute talks is the easiest way to get started. And sometimes just knowing that it doesn't have to be long. It makes it easier. You can come back to it. So like, what if I say something wrong? Well, you're going to have another talk. You can be like, Hey, you know how I said that? 
I actually found out that this is actually the correct information. And that itself is an amazing lesson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So many great tips there. I really like that. And just, you know, keeping it small and bite-sized and realizing this is an ongoing conversation. And, you know, as parents, I think we all realize that, you know, our kids are constantly growing, changing, developing, like what doesn't make sense to them at one point, like they're going to be really curious about later, you know what I mean? And they're just, they're, I feel like my kids are like a different person, like almost every year. <laughs> like, all right, now I got to learn how to be a mom to like a 12 year old boy and a 10 year old girl, you know? And before it was like different ages, like it's like different at every stage and like what you need to, like how you talk to them, how you relate to them. It's so different. And you're kind of like constantly learning again, like how to right. be a parent of this, this type of this child at this stage, you know? Right. And their discomfort doesn't have to be yours. I mean, my oldest, I can remember being in the car with him. Car is one of my favorite places to talk because it's usually short. You don't have to look at each other. There's usually not a ton of distractions. And so I don't remember what I was talking about, but it was definitely something along the lines of puberty or something. And I could sense his discomfort. He used to always, he's the one that got the most uncomfortable when I would start talking. And I just stopped and I said, are you uncomfortable? And he's like, yes, I am. And I said, why? He said, because it's weird to talk to your parents about this. And I go, what makes it weird? Who should talk to you about this? And then he's like, I don't know. And it's funny, like now, you know, fast forward, he's 16 now. I can't say that he loves it, but he accepts it and he's more open to it because I just kept little drops, little drops. And he knows like, if I start talking, it's not going to be very long. And he's way more receptive than <laughs> four years ago. That's wonderful to hear. And so, yeah, any other uh, pearls of wisdom you want to share with us before we close it out? Yeah, I just think it's, it's a beautiful investment into your kids. Like I said, it's truly a part of their health and there's so many things to talk about, but I even use these five minute conversations, like I said, to talk about other things because it, it strengthens your relationship. It strengthens your connection, no matter what you're talking about to ask your kids a question and say, I want to know what you think. I welcome what you think. I don't have to agree with what you think. And here's what I think. And that will build you a connection and a bond while educating your kids in a way that sets them up for maybe a way that you wish you had been. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you're exactly right. Like sometimes we think like what we say doesn't matter. Like those other influences are stronger, like whether it's media or friends, you know, but it does matter. Like they may not ever tell you that <laughs> they probably will never tell you that what you said was true or resonated or hit them, you know, to be true, like became their truth down the road, you know, but it really does. It really does make a difference. And I think like, we've probably all had that moment of like, looking back and being like, oh yeah, my parents were right about that thing they said to me <laughs> years and years ago, <laughs> you know? So I think like, we just have to really realize like we are more of an influence, as you said, you know, like we are like, their biggest influence at the end of the day. And like, you know, we've known them since the day they were born and they truly do trust us in a way that's just very deep and profound. And to remember that they know themselves best too. Cause sometimes we like, we've known you since we were born. So we know what's best for you. There is some truth in that. And we have to sometimes step back and realize there's certain things that they perceive and they experience in the world that we just don't know. 
Mm -hmm. making space for both. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. It's funny because my daughter, it looks a lot like me and, or people say that. Right. And I'm like, yeah, but she's not like me. Like we're very different people, like in our personalities, you know, and even just like, when you think about we're growing up in different times, like my generation and the way the world was then versus like her now and what the world is now, you know, and the different influences now. So it's like, of course we're different, you know, but totally allowing for both. And it is a really beautiful thing, making space for both. All right, Shannon, I'd love for you to share with everybody where they can learn more about you if they'd like to reach out. Yes. So um, you can find information on what I offer at shannonwithlansky.com, S-H-A-N-N-O-N w-i-d-l-a-n-s-k-y.com. But um, the best place to find me is Instagram at having the talks, plural. And I'm also on Facebook, but I often give little nuggets of information and thoughts and things to do. Excellent. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Shannon. It was so wonderful to have you on today and to have this this discussion. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, my beautiful friends, that's it for me today. Thank you so much for listening in. I want you to always remember that you are not alone. I'm Archana, your sister doc, and I'm here to uplift and empower you all along the journey. Hi there, women docs. We hope you've been loving this podcast and feel uplifted at the end of each and every episode. If so, we would really appreciate it if you could give us a five-star rating and write us a positive review. Those reviews help us get the word out and help uplift and empower more women doctors. But you know what? We'd love to meet up with you in person. So head on over to womeninwhitecoats.com and sign up to become a member of our supportive tribe. When you do, you will be the first to hear about meetups in your area, as well as upcoming live events. You'll also get our latest blog articles and podcasts delivered straight to your inbox. And you'll be the first to find out about the next time we open up our virtual Doctors Lounge, an online membership community created just for women doctors, where each month we run masterclasses with guest experts and masterminds on topics relevant to women doctors. While you're on our website, womeninwhitecoats.com, order your copy of our number one best-selling book, The Chronicles of Women in White Coats. Oh, And be sure to follow us on social media too. On Instagram, you'll find us at Women in White Coats blog. And on Facebook, you can find us at Women in White Coats. Can't wait to meet up soon.